Hey, this is Daniel from Markers on the Map, and we're starting our trio of Halloween specials with a long discussion on a wild game called Deadly Premonition 2. We've also got news on Borderlands, including the new season pass and next-gen update, and we've got news on the PS5 user interface. All that and more is coming right up. Follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. friend it's an absolute nightmare Mm -hmm. okay what's the nightmare i am down to my last uh reese's peanut butter white chocolate ghost as in i've eaten both bags and i'm 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 I'm, I'm at wit's end with this you ate both bags in the span of a week we you i think it was the last week you told me that you bought two bags of it yeah well there's not that many of them in a bag it's not like a giant bag there might be like 12 in there, but they're just so darn delicious that I just can't help myself. I mean, better to run out now midway through October and then just go buy more instead of it being November and you're just like, well, got to wait till next year. Well, yeah, you remember I said I'd probably be buying uh, another bag before the month's end. Oh, yeah. And it's just something about the ghosts, really. Like, you can get white chocolate Reese's at any time, but yeah. the ghosts, man, it's... Ooh, spooky ghosts. It's it's all in the holiday ch- uh, fun. You know what else is spooky? Uh, a pretty a good chunk of things, but what do you find spooky right now? Uh, a little game we're going to be talking about today uh, called Deadly Premonition 2. <laughs> and so this is, let's consider this the first of three Halloween themed episodes that we're going to do. And we can also consider this the first kind of quote-unquote special episode of Markers on the Map. A gaming adventure where old and new collide in this vast open world. My name's Daniel, and you are Robert. And how have you been? Uh, I've been normal as usual. A little tired maybe, but trying to stay awake right now. I'm pretty tired too. It's been a, it's been a long week, but... It's always nice to sit down and look at the the game news, but unfortunately, we have a bit of bad news to start out the week with. So before we get into some spooky fun with Deadly Premonition 2, let's talk about some bad news, let's talk about some good news, and we'll go on from there. So PS4 got its 8.0 update yesterday and brought with it a couple of problems. You know, it's the end of the PS4's life cycle, next gen's coming in literally literally four weeks from today i believe yeah and so they released the version 8.0 for the ps4 and i guess it kind of like made it so that it's harder to do party chat with your friends you have to like invite them through a message and everything and like some of the quality of life things got to a point where they were bad it's not that it's difficult but it's not as easy to just jump in on a party you have to already be preset already in a group chat to be to be i want to say invited but you could just join another party it seems like they took something that was intuitive and made it less intuitive yeah because it used to be just create a party and anyone from your friend group can just join in 
and then you could just make it private obviously if you didn't only want like a certain amount of people like oh i only want my three friends because we're going to play this game all by ourselves make a uh, private party and all this and there you go but now it's like you can just have different i guess groups you can have like your main squad of friends like that mm-hmm. you play with uh this is like the friends i play uh call of duty with this is the friends i play star wars with like stuff like that basically yeah it's kind of how messaging groups worked beforehand except now it's kind of tied to party chat basically it's I, it's i don't know how i feel about it it's fine it doesn't really bother me i don't i don't have that much of a like big friend group to begin with i only play with the same amount of people so we already have like the chats already booted up but i could see how it's maybe a problem to meeting new people because all the friends that i have on playstation i would never would have met them if this whole like party system and then like you having to invite them to a whole group chat to join a party would really not benefit making new friends on the platform yeah and then the friends list deal you know mine wasn't loading yesterday but was that just something with psn or was that a side effect of the update because it loaded fine at night that was probably the update maybe psn i've We've, we've seen this throughout the entire week with all platforms, not just... I, I, I'll rule out the Switch, because obviously Switch is not really going for next-gen console right now. They're staying strong with the Switch, with Ninten- you know, Nintendo and all that. But yeah. with the Xbox, I, I think I'm pretty sure Xbox has gotten some hiccups here and there. And for sure, PlayStation, I've seen some hiccups here and there. It's just because they're trying to smoothly transition from PS4 to 5. Because with each generation, it's always been like, you have to dedicate to that console. You can never bring stuff that was from the previous to the newest one mm-hmm. so they're trying to keep everything united with the four and the five for as long as they can so it's going to be a couple bumps in the road here and there but i did get the whole my friends list wasn't loading up as fast as it was before the update yeah mine was acting up so you know there's that um few other things people don't really like pointed out to them i should say about the yeah. ps4 um update including the whole recording thing it's nothing new no it's just you're getting a notification for it now and you know people will see that as kind of a an issue it's it's always been there it's yeah, never it's, been, it's been there we we've we've had ps4 for seven years now it's winding down but that's nothing new yeah um one other little piece of upsetting news this week, Level 5 Games, they do uh, Ni no Kuni, and they do, like, Yokai Watch and all that. I could have the detail wrong here, but I guess that they've closed down their distribution in North America. So I thought that's kind of... It's always kind of sad when something like that happens. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. I was wondering what this one was, and I remember I was hearing about that they were closing off their North American... Is it just North America, or is it strictly... Like, everything but the Japan market. Well, I I just read North America, but I didn't go in-depth into it. I just know them because, you know, I've never played Yokai Watch. I've always been intrigued by it. But I guess if this means they're not going to release any more titles in the West, that's kind of upsetting because, you know, they've got one for the Switch and, like, a new one coming out. So I, I just hate to see something like that happen to a company that's, like, beloved. Maybe it's just Yokai didn't do so well in North America. They don't see a reason why to bring it over. Yeah, I mean, Nino Kuni, the first one, is a, like a hugely successful game, but I guess the second one wasn't as great or not received as well because of the gameplay changes. I've always been recommended the first one by by a by a friend of mine who played it, 
uh, and I just haven't gotten around to it. It's a, it's a bit more of an investment than I have time for uh, currently. It's, I don't know, I mean, with the Switch, it's region free. You don't have to buy a Japanese console to play it. You could just import it, or, you know, if you if you find a place, like a local game store that does imports and they obviously have it, you could just do that, but it might stop the translation. Maybe they might just hire just a translation team just to translate from Japanese to English and just do it like that instead of just having a whole separate team here. Yeah. You might have, like, a publisher do it and not really need a team for it. True, true. So, let's move on to happier things. Let's start by talking about the collaboration between Sega and Fall Guys to bring a Sonic the Hedgehog costume to the game. <laughs> Did you see it coming? I saw it coming uh, when they said, oh, we've got a special announcement to make. I didn't expect it to be Sonic so quick. I expect them to get some couple third parties here and there and then maybe hit the big stuff, but they went straight with Sonic. Yeah, and it's a really kind of cool costume. I think as of recording, they usually keep the collabs in for a couple of days, so it's probably still up. It does cost 10 crowns for the set. Um, I'm only at 8 crowns, and that's even after getting uh, my first two final round wins. Because remember, my original first win was on uh, Slime Climb Round 2. But this past couple of days, I got two wins on uh, Jump Showdown, which I thought was pretty cool. With Because you have 8 crowns, right? Yeah, I have 8 crowns. I remember I told you you want I know you want this game but you do want those Cajun fries. I do want the Cajun fries costume. I have yet to see the Cajun fries. They haven't released it yet, but I'm worried that it costs crowns, which is why I haven't yet bought the part of the Sonic costume. I mean, if they're holding it off for this long, it has to cost crowns at this point. There's no question. The thing about the cosmetic items in Fall Guys is that they've all got really cool palette swaps that we kind of have known about and they've kind of teased them on trailers and and Twitter posts. Like there's like a veggie dog or like there's an alternate version of the Slurpee costume that was part of the $5 pack. So my thing with costumes is these palette swaps. That's what makes cosmetics so fun for me. Um you know borderlands we've got all these different colors we can go to and everything same with fall guys it's i'm more into that than even the collabs true and then (laughs) there's a funny story with the sonic suit so i have my other group of friends um you've met them a couple times but uh i was doing well i'll talk about this later but just real quick i was talking i was doing my metagor solid 3 platinum run so Mm -hmm. i was like running the game and he's like, oh, come on, get on Fall Guys. And obviously, I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm doing a plat run. And it's like, I'll be there in a bit. And he's like, come on, like, I'll get the Sonic skin right now. And I was like, okay, it's like, I'll get on right now if you can tell me uh, what was their vow that they swore to, like, what uh, vow did they make and what did they swore to do in Sonic oh, Underground? no. And he's, he was not getting it. Like, he wouldn't get it until he has an older brother and he plays with us from time to time here and there. And he straight up told me, Oh, their vow was to swore that their mother will be found. He said it <laughs> like no hesitation, and I was so shocked. And he tells me, "Yeah, uh, my kids watch it, and like they watch it on TV." So surprisingly, Sonic Underground is still watched to this day oh my because God. it runs on like what CBS All Access and all that. It, it's on All Access, and I think it might come on an HBO channel. Yeah, that's funny. So I mean, I it might be uh sonic underground in fall guys just they just need to put the necklace because yeah, think just about give them a it necklace. 
what 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 gave them the uh the faith who told them about their uh destiny faith in the beginning of the show a seer yeah guess who the theme of fall guy is falling like this season no, well, what's oh, the theme of this season? Aha, the medieval season. See, <laughs> just put a put a necklace on Sonic, and it's underground. Ah, uh, listeners, if you haven't heard the theme song for Sonic Underground, it's well worth a listen on YouTube. <laughs> it's as the, it's just a weird. I don't know. I don't know how that show is that good. I have yet to watch it, but I'll get there because the theme song makes me want to watch it. Apparently, it's like a great show. Mm-hmm. So, Sonic and Fall Guys. With Sonic Underground as a wish list item here. <laughs> um, before we get to PS5 news, let's go ahead and talk about Borderlands. Um, uh-huh. We got a few things to talk about Borderlands this week. We've got a Halloween event that glitched for you, so... Oh yeah, <laughs> this is a, a real quick, another story too. Um, there's a running theme on the show, which we've sprinkled here and there. Uh, we'll get more details in probably in a later episode, but uh, in this case, uh, so your character, you play as Moe's. Yeah. And we've done every single holiday event, every special event that's come out so far from the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Obviously, there's a whole progression system, and you unlock certain awards. With this one, you got your rewards reset for the Halloween event. Yeah, I didn't get the dates reset, but I got um, all my challenges were reset. Um, they're pretty similar to last year's, if not completely the same, and they were all reset to zero. All new rewards were up to unlock. Yeah, and then... Um, Moses, your main, that's when you first started. That's your maxed out character. My maxed out character is Flack. And when I went to my event, like reward system, everything was still there. Nothing was reset, but the rewards were the new ones. So I'm thinking, did like the game just give them to me? Cause, because it thought I finished the last one and just gave me these, which is weird that it would reset your character and not me. But going through my rewards i didn't see anything i didn't see a a skin for my gun i didn't see like the trinket for the sidearms i like nothing and so we're turning it on and off you can disable and enable the event on the title screen um did that multiple times reboot the game uh close application reset it uh all this different things we even did a couple runs but nothing no progression no resets until we have to basically come to the conclusion that I have to just use a different character that I've already had to progress in this event, which is weird because yours is reset from the get-go. And yeah, now you're mine had no rewards. issue. And honestly, I can't find anywhere that has the same issue as you did. So you know what we got to say? We got to chalk it up to the, the Borderlands, Borderlands curse. curse. <laughs> Bruh, that curse. is The curse is deeper. It goes. I, I say it goes back to even like borderlands 2 from like the 361 i played it on there yeah the the curse has always been there so the thing with markers on the map is that i'd say the our favorite co-op game to play is is borderlands in in any you know any version of borderlands 
Yeah. So we have been planning for as long as this podcast has been planned, which is a long time um, before we posted the first episode. We've had this planned, but we are yes. planning on doing massive Borderlands episodes um, down the line. But uh, yeah, that curse is is a part of Borderlands. No matter what we do, some some kind of oddity happens in in Borderlands. I, I'm. It's like on one hand, it sucks that I can't use Flack because with Flack, he's my main character. So all the gear I have for him is opti- is optimized for like for him. Like all this stuff works for him, and he's pretty strong. And it can, I can hold like Mayhem Ten on my own pretty well. But Amara, this character that I'm using as my side character, doesn't. I don't have enough gear to justify playing her because it's like I need to level up. I'm almost there, but now I need to get the gear. But yeah. I'm happy that at least amongst every character, rewards are shared. None of it's like, no, you can only get this skin when you do it on this character. You have to do it for every other character as well. It's like, no, once you unlock it for one character, it's shared for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's probably worth leveling uh, her up during this as well, because it's, not, it's yeah. not too bad. I mean, as soon as I'm done with the, the Moe's challenges, I'll run another character just because you're, you're behind in challenges as to where i am and since we run it together i'm like yeah i'll run some more i'll just use the new skin it gives me an excuse to play more borderlands yeah all right borderlands news continues with the next gen update arriving day and date with series x and ps5 that means there's no waiting for this update it's happening right then and there with the update i mean i think they announced a lot of oh i think the skill the new skill is coming out, I think, like, November 10th. Yeah. So it's prepping for, I guess, the Xbox first, and then when the 5 drops, it'll be there ready to go. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you were aware of this yet, but that uh, new skill tree is tied to the next piece of news, which is the Season Pass 2. This, oh, okay. This won't be a free um, skill tree edition. This is part of the Season Pass, from what I can tell. Okay. Um... So yeah, like we said, Borderlands 3 is going to have a second season pass. I think we saw this coming from a mile. I think I said there will probably be two season passes for this before the um, Handsome Jackpot DLC even came out. Because it's a it's a big game. It took a long time for them to release it. And I just feel like they wanted to have enough content to, to keep them going past that initial year. But this season pass 2 is kind of being kept under wraps they've got this mode called arms race that they're they said they're going to do a full playthrough of pretty soon and that makes me think it's kind of like a side mode and they're not really telling us what the designers cut dlc is all about yet and they're also not telling us what the second part of the season pass two is yet called the director's cut so i'm wondering if these are going to be a remixed story or if something's going to be changed in the story or i i really like i'm really interested in finding out what the designer's cut is which is the first dlc like what what do we think it might be like maybe they'll add i don't know new environments or something maybe they bring back some old locations and maybe. then you can go to it and have some cool easter eggs and events happening there i'm hoping that they take designer in the literal sense too and give us some not just new colors 
but like yeah. maybe new costumes for the characters give me a, a reason to collect more things in borderlands i'll i'll show up every time i've always said this with any game uh if you're gonna do headgears i also want body gears and mm-hmm. different costumes for it. like i want entirely the entire body to be customized not just color but the, like you can put on different jackets different yeah. clothing different logos and everything on that and look in borderlands 3 they added motion to some of the costumes to some of the um you know the skins you could wear they have motion so the next logical step i guess would be to add different jackets for amara or you know a different uh well i guess it would be kind of jackets for everybody but maybe like different arms for flack or something yeah flack has a much bigger foot and then a small foot or two big feet or something like that there's something like that would be pretty cool that you could really customize a character to what you like and it could be unique to you because they're really driving this whole like unique to you they're not trying to make it like how obviously because with two once you start hitting like the ultimate levels it's you have to just use certain gear you can't just pick up this gun like yeah it's cool i like it but you can't just take it with you because it might not be optimal for whatever you're running so it was very tied down to no this is the tree you have to use to run this character this is what you need to do if you want to beat this certain boss with this game they're really trying to emphasize on like everything's unique to you even to like this skill tree where they're adding a new skill tree to this game yeah so just a, like a visual thing, the roses were updated for the Season Pass 2, the Borderlands 3 roses. They're like a copper gold now, and they've got all the DLC characters in it, which lets me, which well, makes me think that the DLC characters will also be part of this designer's cut and director's cut. I just, I think we can both agree that the best thing that they could do is make it compelling and make you want to keep playing Borderlands 3. Yeah. I feel like my main problem with 3 right now is I don't think there's enough raid bosses that are fun. Yeah, I mean, Malawan was cool, but the second, like, the the Destiny style, the Vault of Glass style, um, what is it? I forgot what it was called. We've been to him once, and we did it once, and we've never done it again. Yeah. So I will not remember that at all. Take down at the, the, the Breach or something something like that see the see the location and like the design and the boss fight was cool but getting to it was not yeah it's, they've got those you destiny have to style yeah it's it's not fun particularly that second one um, no too much platforming which is not the strongest part of borderlands 3 and it just feels weird it, it does i feel like with three, they need to add more of those like proving grounds. Those are pretty. Oh, fun. I'm hoping that this new DLC adds more proving grounds, dude. It's like Diablo Rifts. Yeah, it's like bigger, better proving grounds, and it it would be fun. Yeah. Just because with Borderlands three, I think once you do a certain amount of things a certain amount of times, you get kind of burnt by it. I'm not burnt by Borderlands three, but it's not a game I'm choosing to play as like by myself. Like, uh, uh I'm gonna play. I'm I'm still picking those like story based like single player games that are sandbox mode compared to like Borderlands where back when two was around I would really try to like make my gear like optimal and all this stuff like that but 
once you do it a certain amount of times with three games in a row, it kind of gets a little groggy and boring. So it's like, if they add just way more proving grounds, I would really appreciate that. Because if they're bigger, better, and longer, and it's like, you can just check out this whole environment and there's secret things to search around for that, it'd be much better as, like, just playing by yourself. Because even with, and adding friends to it would probably even make it more fun. And look, why not go full Diablo and have procedurally generated rifts? You know, yeah. have your proving ground be random, randomizer element in um in Borderlands, like a roguelike almost. That'd be really cool. It just seems like we discussed this. They they're really marketing towards like really making this game last for years to uh, years to come because you know they made the podcast for this show or for this game, and it's sort of to have like news and like really cool things happening. So if they do add things like that, they can continuously make those episodes or oh, those yeah, news, the or whatever cast. they want to do yeah like they can continue making those shows because then it'll give the whole incentive of like yeah there's this thing happening in this location of the map because the map is pretty big you're not just on a single planet you're in multiple planets and it's a universe so a lot of things could happen here and there exactly and speaking of games that they intend on you know going for a long time i can't help but bring up avengers again this week as I mm-hmm. as I want to do, um, so I played like one mission of Avengers this past week. But yesterday I heard and saw, I guess, that there's a new patch that apparently fixes some of the issues I have with the game, like not being able to accept fact, like having to go to both factions to get both faction missions. You don't have to do that anymore. Um, that was probably one of my bigger gripes with the game. They've added two new mission types. I don't know what they are, how different they are. I just know that they added two new ones. Mm-hmm. And you can apparently sprint in the hub worlds now, which is another big complaint of mine. So they're getting somewhere. We'll just have to keep monitoring this one, I guess. It's it's not a... It's not a I want to say a surprise, not a, a rumor, but it is dwindling in like the player base which is not a good thing you want it's to being hear about compared a to a, a live service game called anthem whose player base kind of dwindled fairly quickly and i'm like they've got a good game here they can save this i know they're still working on anthem but they can save this avengers game crystal dynamics can save this avengers game it's it's not a hopeless game it's a, it's it's like like i said it's like no man's sky where it, it's, it could be the same story where, it, you know, it's... But the problem is, as I think Avenger does hit some marks, it's just some things here and then that maybe people don't like or people are just annoyed by it. Unlike No Man's Sky, where it was a game that it did not deliver what they said it was going to do. But and then now it, it does. It still came back. Yeah, now it's like, and now more. it's back. There's a survival horror element to, to No Man's Sky now that was never announced in the first place. It's just like, well, nope, we've got survival horror mode now. Like, where you go into derelict ships and, like, it's weird and scary. Yeah, it's like, I don't think people should give up on a game too easy. Like, if a game has to go, of course it goes, there's nothing stopping it. But at the same time, you know, your support might make the difference of this game, you know, sinking or swimming, you know. And that's just, that's all you can really do is just support a game that you feel like there's potential there. Plus the numbers we know are the PC numbers, and I'm going to go uh, and guess here that most people play this on the PlayStation, specifically because Spider-Man is coming to the PlayStation, which kind of sucks for the other platforms, but I guess that's the territory here with console exclusivity. I mean, look, 
we are thinking Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls might not be coming to PlayStation at this point. So no. take what you can get, I guess. I mean, Street Fighter V was a PlayStation and PC exclusive, so Xbox yeah. never got that. So we'll see what happens with Avengers. But PS5 news. There's a couple things this week. First up, game boost and backwards compatibility. Um, there are only 10 PS4 games that don't work on the um, PS5, and they're not like huge games or anything. But yeah. we have this game boost mode where certain titles probably are able to guess which ones. There's not a definitive list or anything, but you'd probably mm-hmm. be able to guess that don't have a PS5 upgrade right away or aren't getting one will still benefit from uh, like the PS4 Pro's boost mode, except now it's called game boost uh, on PS5. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, it'll be running at 60 frames per second on a PS5 without a PS5 update. Um other stuff, I'm sure, Last of Us, probably, um, Death Stranding. Um, so I think that's a pretty cool idea. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. If the hardware and the ability is there, why not have those games where they maybe get an update here or later? Or it's it's like, well, it doesn't really need an update. If Even if we updated for PS5, it wouldn't benefit it that much. Let's just make it a quote-unquote game boost mode so it gives you those goals that we want all games to have but not really putting out the whole ps5 upgrade that it'll make it a a somewhat i guess if it's digital make it a permanent stay on there and if you have to retrieve back to the four you have to i guess decode it back down there and And all that we've got cases like squadrons where we know it's not getting a ps5 update but boost mm-hmm. mode is probably going to be, you know, comparable to a PS5 update because that's a pretty smooth 60 as far as I can, it, like from what I get from it, it's a pretty smooth 60. So it, PS5 will just probably help it load better. That's all I can really ask for for that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, we discussed this I, last night, I, I believe so, where I know there's certain games, I think it was like 8, 10 of them that I, we count, or I counted, that I'm going to put it on the SSD drive, obviously with being on the actual PS5 SSD and all that, it will make sure it'll be snappy in the loading time. Yeah. And then I'll probably survive on the uh, two two terabyte hard drive I, I bought for the four and survive on that for a couple more years until I can buy a two terabyte SSD expansion for the PS5. Mm-hmm. And then today's big news, probably the biggest news story of the week, is that PS5 UI reveal, the user interface. Um, I think that it looks very next-gen, uh, very circular, much as the rumors slash leaks would have us believe. It's got circular profiles, which explains the new avatars that came with mm-hmm. the, the PS4 update. Um, I am a, I'm a pretty big fan of this UI, I'm not going to lie. Uh... I just want to say this right here right now. I'm very happy that you choose Thursdays to record because this dropped today and it's always something as it's, I don't know, just like every time we've done an episode of this podcast, it's always been a big surprise Thursday. I know. I, I, it's because I had read before we started doing the recordings that big news happens on Thursdays and like every Thursday except maybe last Thursday, there's been a giant like news story. So, yeah. So, my opinion on the UI, it's, it feels, it, it, it's not that it feels, it is just like, it's next gen. It's something oh, that's yeah. not, you're used to, like, when you switch from the 3 to the 4, it wasn't the same. It, it's, 
you see the four to the five, and I'm not saying the four is outdated in any way, but the five is just so much cleaner because, like, an example, this is the biggest one. I love PlayStation 4. I do. Like, I have, like, launch day console and all that, like, launch month. But going through the entire, like, if I want to go to party chat or go to the store, it takes so long to load in between those, and there's, like, a good 30 seconds between it. The actual store is always going to be running on the 5. Like, it's there. You don't have to load it. It's just part of the system. It's not going to be this whole headache to go from the party to the store to a game to the party and all this stuff like that. Uh, it looks very smooth. Uh, what do you think about the cards? That's the one thing I wanted to ask you about. I was going to say, the thing about the cards is that I really like the idea, and it's kind of a double-edged sword. Because... There's sites where people write guides for things and trophy guides and all that. And I feel like those people deserve those clicks. Those people deserve to have their guides read. But for simple little things, I like the idea that the cards can come up and show your progression towards a trophy. Or they can give you a little hint on, you know, what you might need to do next. Like, remember, he was finding those robes in the Sackboy game. So mm -hmm. he watched a little video off one of the cards and he knew exactly where to go get it. Um, so I'm I'm down with the cards. I like the cards. Um, I don't think that they should be a full replacement for a trophy guide because people put a lot of effort into those things. But they're, they, I like them for those quick little things you don't want to be bothered to look up. Yeah, it's like if examples like this. Dead Rising 1, I needed a full guide for that. There's no way I could have just done that. Yeah. Even if they would have told me, like, no, I need a guide because it's people who know the game they understand the game and so they're like this is the you know definitive guide on how to beat the game and have a smooth time everything like anything else is possible but this is what i find like the smoothest to do and this is what you most likely will get you that platinum if it's like a game where you have like 60 percent of it done and then you see the trophies like oh just find this skin find this find that or do 100 of these certain things you could just use the cards for that. You don't have to go through a whole website and follow a whole guide, either reading it, a video, whatever it is. You could just look for that one particular part that you need just to get those five, four trophies that you need to finish the game with. Yeah. And you know what I think my favorite thing they showed today was? You probably know. Um, but you can now chat with your friends while you're playing a different game. But let's say you're interested in also seeing what your friend was up to you can have their game playing on your screen while you're talking to them while you're playing your game and i just think that's so cool you can do like a picture in picture side by side it's really cool i see this as two things i see this as hey like example this is an example hey daniel look at this game that i bought oh i also have it too robert let's both play it and see you know if we get stuck on certain parts we can help each other or oh, just yeah. to see who can beat the game quicker or oh what you do there that's pretty cool like oh and you just show me like a trick here and there like a speed it's run like race. that like a, yeah uh, it's GDQ like race basically like i thought that's like i think that's one of the things we're probably gonna do together like if we get a game it's like oh less oh you have the same game do you know about this secret oh no you don't and then i can show you you can see me do it and then you can do the same things and then you can probably figure it out instead of me trying to explain it because with ps4 all i can see is your screen but i can't have my console running a game like i can't have my own screen 
So it's kind of hard to explain, like, oh, to your left, no, to, you know, it's kind of like that headache of trying to, like, describe where certain things are. With this, it's like, I can actually show you, and you can still play it and see it, and then try it for yourself. And at the same time, this, I hope this bodes well for SharePlay. I hope a lot of the hiccups from SharePlay are kind of um, reduced with, you know, the better Wi-Fi capability and you oh, yeah. know being able to run two screens like that and and stream one of the screens hopefully this bodes well for share play because it's it's doing a lot of things at once um so we had the ui we had with it uh, a few little snippets we haven't seen from the sackboy game and the destruction all-stars game which they haven't talked a lot about yet i'm, I'm assuming they're gonna have a state of play here pretty soon um i don't know whether they will or not but i think it's a safe bet what surprises me too is that this is not the full UI. There's still more to see. They even said it in the program. They're holding the cards tight to their tight to their chest. They're they're not they're not showing everything yet. They're they're trickling it down Nintendo style. It's I, what it is is that I I I know I've done this. I've complained that Sony needs to do a little bit more. But when they when they do do that, just a tad bit, just that little bit that they need to, it does make the like the hype will steady down. It wouldn't die, but it would be steady. But once they give you those little sprinkles here and there, it does bring the hype back up. I mean, we we were mesmerized by this 11 minute video of someone showing us the menu for a, a console. So I think that they know how to generate that hype. Yeah. So that's the UI. So, we have a Nintendo Switch rumor this week, a direct rumor, but mm-hmm. I think we gotta have York from Deadly Premonition read it so that he can take us into our, our discussion this week. Alright. Alright, let's give this one a go. This is a Nintendo Switch direct rumor. For a game called, hmm, what do we have here? Clock Tower Legacy. Ah. Yes. I know it sounds cool. Here, let's take a look. It's a dreary night indeed in this new Nintendo Switch exclusive. Experience the nightmarish thrills of being trapped inside the dreaded clock tower while being hunted by a mysterious scissor-wielding foe. Uncover the mysteries of the clock tower's murky past through three alternating timelines. The architect's story has you traveling through the town of Unsettle in the early 1500s. The town is consumed by stories of haunted spirits, but the architect is determined to commission his grand project no matter the cost to the town or its people. Hey, Zach, remember Resident Evil 3? There was a clock tower in that game, too. Yes, I know they didn't have it in the remake. Yes, I know that was disappointing for some people. But I digress. Hope's storyline is the second and central plot. In the 1900s, she's trapped inside the clock tower, avoiding quite a deadly foe in this scissor-wielding man. Hey, Zach, doesn't that remind you of some particularly wicked foes we faced back on our own little excursion? You know where, don't you? Yes, I'm talking about Lucare, back in that shack where we fought against those scissor-wielding men. Finally, there's a modern-day story. That is a destroyer. Yes, Zach, I know. It sounds fearsome. But he's merely immortal with designs on destroying the clock tower, and hopefully what evil remains within it to this day. Gameplay, Zack, is described as a first-person action survival horror saga, where item management is crucial to staying alive. Hey Zack, you remember in Resident Evil 4, when you had to play Tetris with the items in Leon's pouch in order to keep things organized? Yes, I know, I didn't like that. The architect's portion is fairly action-heavy. 
Hopes is more reliant on the ability to conserve ammo and evade a dangerous foe. Now, Zach, little is said here about the Destroyer, as this is only a preview, and the developers of the Switch exclusive don't want to give too much away. You know, I think this is interesting, Zach. Truly, a realistic game. Yes, yes, you read my mind, Zach. It's real. It's really, truly realistic now that I think about it. Truly, the narrative of this game parallels real life itself. You know, Zach, it reminds me of a movie. You know the one. Yes, of course. I'm talking about Transformers 2. Revenge of the Fallen, 2009, directed by Michael Bay. Now that was a really realistic movie, Zach. Yes. I remember when one of the robots was a wheel, and he was rolling through a town as a giant wheel would do. Truly realistic, and one of Shia L's best and greatest roles. Now I've only seen the first two ones, but I can't help but think that the second one is the apex of great, of great movies. The first one was okay, but the second one is where the Transformers series really shines. Ah, <sighs> I can't wait to give this one a try, Zach. I wonder if the skeletal gentleman knows about this one. Alright, so, Deadly Premonition. If you thought that I was reading the Switch Direct uh, rumor, like, in a weird way, the main character of Deadly Premonition is a an FBI agent. His name is Francis York Morgan. And he has, he talks to an alternate personality, Francis Zach Morgan. And he goes on long long-winded, rambling dialogues, monologues about movies and, you know, media and entertainment. And it, it, I'll, I'll talk about a little of it, um, it later on. But Francis York Morgan would have read and said the exact things that I read and said when we were reading that Nintendo Direct rumor. He would have gone off about Transformers, he would have gone off about Resident Evil, and just he would have been asking Zach if he knew um, about these things. Let's, uh, let's kind of open this up to Deadly Premonition 2. Deadly Premonition 1 was an Xbox 360 exclusive for a while. It came out in 2010. Um, I've never played it. I've just only seen the funny cutscenes and weird moments on YouTube. Um, for example, in Deadly Premonition 1, York is having like a meal in the beginning. He's drinking some coffee. And Deadly Premonition is a murder mystery story. So he's drinking this coffee and all of a sudden the coffee starts swirling. And he's like looking in the coffee and he sees some letters in there. And he's like, oh, did you see that, Zach? In the coffee. FK. And then he looks up and he's like, works every time. And it turns out that those are the initials of the culprit behind um, all the crimes or what the central crime of Deadly Premonition 1 is. So that's kind of where we're going to start here. Um, this is an absolute fever dream of a game. I will say it's the fever dream game. It's scary. It's funny, both intentionally and unintentionally. And it's just kind of weird. Where to start with this? Um, Deadly Premonition 2 is a game by Swery, um, who specializes in more kind of offbeat games. And the first thing that I think we need to be aware of is that this is a Nintendo Switch exclusive. This murder mystery crime detective 
horror game is a is a Nintendo Switch exclusive that came out uh, a couple months back for almost full price, and you wouldn't kind of think that playing through the game. I like. I'm. I don't even. I'm looking at Deadly Premonition two right now. It's not what I expected it to be. No, it, it's not what I expected it to be um, either. So, I hadn't been exposed to the series um, a lot before this game. So let's just set up the opening here. All right. Um, uh, lay it on to me. Francis York Morgan is taking a vacation. This is a prequel, actually. Um, so there's so there's a game that so the first one I would assume takes place after this one. Yeah, the first one takes place in like 2010, and this one takes place in 2005. Okay. So we actually start in I believe 2019 in Massachusetts, where Aaliyah Davis, who's an FBI investigator, and her partner, who the name is escaping me, um, they're interviewing an old and aging Francis Zach Morgan who lives in an apartment and they're trying to figure out his connection to the kidnapping um, that happened in 2005 and the murder and all that of this town in uh, Louisiana called Lucare. Mm -hmm. So we go to 2005 and we have York sitting at the restaurant of a hotel in Lucare and he's talking to the chef and the chef gives him his meal and you know he just goes on about some movie. I like the the movie the like the details of these conversations. There's so many of them that I can't pull all of them off off the top of my head. But he's talking about some movie, and he goes he looks at his food and he goes, "This was delicious. This is truly one of the best meals I've ever had." And the chef is like, "But you didn't eat a single bite." So <laughs> <laughs> then we get to just being in the hotel, and we have this chef. Then okay. you have a bellboy. And you have a concierge. Problem with those um, three is that they're all the same person. But he likes to pretend that he has brothers. So the first kind of puzzle we have in Deadly Premonition, this horror game, is you need to fix the shower in your room. Because if York goes a couple of days without taking a shower, he starts to smell bad. And if you talk to people while he smells bad, you lose $25 of your money. Okay. So there's a monetary penalty for for talking to people while you smell bad. So you have to fix the shower. Here's the issue with fixing the shower. And I would have never been able to do it without a guide. You remember when we were talking about Moon and how I said it reminded me a lot of Deadly Premonition 2? The characters in Moon are on a clock. They do certain things at certain times of the day. Sometimes people are only there on certain days of the week. So I'm thinking that Moon kind of inspired Deadly Premonition 2 because there are certain days where people are at certain places, certain times where they're where they're supposed to be, and certain times where they're at home. And so you were kind of having to figure out who's where and when. So this mission to fix the shower consists Mm -hmm. of you turning on some pipes and figuring out when to talk to the concierge, the bellboy, and the chef. So they're all around the hotel, but it's like mm-hmm. from 8 to like 12 in the morning, you could talk to the chef at the back of the restaurant, but you can't. it's not considered talking to the chef if you talk to him at the counter. 
and then you could talk to the bellboy at the front of the hotel, but if he's not at the front of the hotel, then you couldn't talk to him. He'd tell you to go talk to the concierge. And if you talk to the concierge when he's behind the counter, he would just go tell you to talk to the bellboy, and so on and so forth. It's such a confusing mess at the beginning of this game. And the problem is, once you talk to one of them, and they tell you to talk to another one, you'd still have to go back and talk to them after doing the after turning on the pipe, because of course you would. It's... It just sounds like Shenmue. It just sounds like a very complicated Shenmue game. Oh, like it does, I know Shenmue, you have it? to talk to certain. You have to talk to certain people at certain times. This just sounds like it's going the extra mile with it. Like even if you find this person, if they're not in the right spot, it doesn't count. I honestly feel like maybe Shenmue was inspired by Moon as well. Then, because Moon is the earliest game I can think of, unless Shenmue came out before '97. I I don't really know when it came out, but I can check it, but. <clears throat> If I hope it is, but it, this just does sound like, imagine it's like you have to find the plumber, but if you find the plumber doing something else, he can't help you in this situation, such as you have to fix a shower hand, yeah. the shower head, I guess. So this was kind of an inconvenience, but it gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an open world game, Deadly Premonition 2, that takes place in Lucare, which is a square, a square shaped town. And... Of course it's a square-shaped town, because Lucare is French for square. And we have York riding around on a skateboard. Your your method of transportation in this game is a skateboard. Because, it, because somebody stole his car when he got into town and left him a skateboard. So he's like, oh, I love this skateboard. He... he York is such a like a likable protagonist that he's just like happy go lucky. He loves the skateboard that somebody stole his car for. He just loves it. Okay, so it's just uh, this game just sounds so weird. Yeah, he he wants to tell everybody he can about the skateboard that he loves so much. He's like, I even learned how to do a few tricks on it. What 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 type of style is this game? Like, is it anime style? Is it like what? How does it look like? I mean, it's like a, it looks like a normal, like the people are realistic looking for the most part and it's kind of cell shaded, but you know, I was thinking about what game I could compare this to and besides the obvious ones, I was thinking about Death Stranding because Death Stranding has, it's, I mean, it doesn't play like Death Stranding, but it starts with a bunch of systems that you don't kind of know what to do. He has a stamina bar. He has like a, uh, a meter that comes up where you can like see what you're supposed to do like a detective vision almost um it just starts off weird and you're you've you've got the cover of this game one of the best box arts i've ever seen and you're expecting it to be very like violent and scary and it gets there but not for a really long time other characters we've got i'll bring those up as we go along um i want to talk about gameplay the gameplay of Deadly Premonition 2 is your basic open world, you know, detective story. Sometimes it feels a little like GTA on a skateboard. Other times it feels like L.A. Noir. So you're just riding around from point A to point B, but you never really have, you never actually have a marker on your map to tell you where to go. You kind of have to like learn where things are. Um, and the side quests don't give you like directions or anything. The main quests have markers, but you don't really know where most things are. So you've got like a gun that shoots rubber bullets and 
one of the earliest missions in this game is to go uh, defeat like 30 bees for the police officer. Um, the police Wait. officer for what? Oh, bees? I know what you're gonna like, say. Wait, they're bees. <laughs> yes, they're bees. <laughs> this game's just like is surprising me. No matter no, how no, much no. I mean, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> so you in Lucari, uh, York, kind of. There's a there's a murder of a, uh-huh. a a girl named Lise Clarkson, and York's on vacation, but he's been searching for this drug called Saint Rouge, and he's kind of traced it down to Lucari. So instead of doing a normal vacation, he's going to try and solve the case. So he meets up with Melvin Woods, the police officer, mm-hmm. and see this is going to be a little jumbled because every time I say something about this game, I think of something else that I forgot to say. So bear with me. Um, uh huh. And uh, he has a daughter. She's like ten. Her name's Patricia. He just uh, and York just calls her Patty, and she mm-hmm. just c- accompanies uh, York through all of this. She literally walks around with him through the whole town, through the whole game. Um. So Melvin wants you to hunt like some bees for him. It's like where do I find bees? Let alone thirty of them. Turns out you can go to a park in the game, and there are four beehives there. So every time you go up to a beehive, a swarm of bees will come out and you can shoot them with the rubber bullet and it will kill the bees. And then you can shoot the hive and then you do it for the other three. And by the time you've done it for the other three, the other hives will have respawned. So you can just walk back and forth to kill the 30 bees because of course you can. <laughs> okay, of course. And then like there's alligators that attack you and he wants you to defeat 30 alligators and these alligators run at you at like two frames per second because i played this game pre-patch when it ran at like two frames per second when you were outdoors oh this is game what is this game sometimes i think about this game and i can't believe it's real it's honestly frightening to me and that's why we're doing it as a halloween special because it's like it seems like it wasn't a real thing um this doesn't seem like a real game so you'd think that there'd be some action-based gameplay coming up, right? With all this, you know, random, you know, nonsense or busy work. And, mm-hmm. and you'd be right. Uh, York gets an oracle from uh, Hoongan, who's like a skeletal-looking um, mystic, almost, of sorts. Mm-hmm. And York just calls him the skeletal gentleman. And this is a good part to point out that when you're riding around on the skateboard around town, York will just bust into, like commentary about movies and and everything with zach who's in his head and he'll be like Mm -hmm. oh i wonder if the skeletal gentleman is our friend or foe and he's like oh the skeletal gentleman reminds me of someone from the shining or stuff like that and then if patty's with him he'll be asking her about which terminator movies she's seen he'll be like which movies have you seen on that sci-fi channel back at home patty and she thinks he's all weird and stuff we kind of progress and Hoongan gives York an oracle, and this is where the game really kind of opens up. Um, he tells York that he needs to knock down ten maidens and find the absolute zero, or the ambiguous zero, I should say. So it's like, you know those shows or movies where somebody has like a bunch of pictures and the red strings are all on the board and all that? You You go through one of those things where you're basically playing as Zack, and he's like, no, no, Zack, it can't be there. It can't possibly be there until you find out that you need to go to the bowling alley 
to knock down 10 pins and to a cold storage unit. So York goes to the bowling alley with Patty and there's an old lady there who bowls the entire time that the restaurant is open and she won't go. She she won't let anybody else bowl. <laughs> Keeping in mind this is a murder mystery game. <laughs> so she won't let anybody else bowl and so York is like, oh darn, we have to go find something to to, to get this lady to move. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this shop that sells like mythical amulets and trinkets that you can kind of use to customize them. But at the same time, they don't really do anything. Like you can customize York and his gun and weapons and the skateboard with all this stuff and it really doesn't do much. But um, the shopkeeper there sells you like a like a like a frog or a lizard like plush mm-hmm. and the, the the objective is to put it on that lady's front porch so that when she goes home she'll be so mesmerized that, by it that she won't be able to go back to the bowling alley and then you finally get to bowl and he's like this is so stupid and then the the girl patty she's like well then can i do it and he's like no i need to do this for my investigation <laughs> what is this game dude it's like it's nuts to me and then like by the end it it wraps everything up so flawlessly like i couldn't believe it so in the cold storage okay they play literally the dopest track of any game this year that's not persona 5 royal and i'm like Mm -hmm. how is this game happening they're playing this awesome song and it's really cool and exciting and oh man, this is going to be such a cool gameplay part. It's literally a giant set of like three open rooms that you have to walk all the way across with nothing to do while this cool music is playing. It's like, bruh. And then that's where you meet Avery, who is like a giant almost, and more to come on him towards the end. So I've I've kind of set up our, our gameplay systems here and our central characters. So you kind of go through this game. You've got basically act one out of the way um, when you are investigating and you reach a dungeon. And the dungeon is where uh, York gets a gun arm like in the movie Videodrome. He even says it's like the movie Videodrome. So he's his bullets and gun turn into a gun arm. And he fights against these monsters that are basically the scissor dude from Clock Tower. Which is why the the rumor this week was uh, Clock Tower. He fights against those people in this like weird, red, like mystery world, and finally you'll fight against the boss, who literally takes like four hits, and moves the plot forward ever so slightly. And you know the game gets to be a little eerie, scary, frightening, and upsetting almost at that point. Um, but that's all kind of plot related stuff. So there, there is a serious narrative behind everything here. It's kind of innocent uh, on the outside, but once you get into the game, it's it's frightening. Probably, probably the most frightening game I've played. It's not a jump scare game. It's just a like, or oh wow, these people are are evil. I guess you could say. This, this, I, I just, like you can't see it, but I swear to you, I'm like rubbing my like temple and like facepalm just like this description of this game yeah and i've said this sounds like a fever dream 
that's the first thing I said about this game when when he was just like that initial cutscene with Aaliyah is like an hour before you even get to Lucare. It's like wild. It's it just sounds like it doesn't exist, but it does. But at the same time, it's like yeah, of course a game like this would exist. Yeah, and like then there's little things you have to start worrying about at this point. Like yeah, you have to shower. Uh, yeah, you have to use the lint roller. Or York can, like, smoke a cigarette to um, pass time in the game. Um, but you have to buy your ammo and items and bandages from Melvin, whose van is outside of the police uh, uh, headquarters when he's not in there. So you have to, like, figure out when the shopkeeper is there and everything. You can eat at the restaurant. And okay. I swear to you, the meal that costs less money fills up more stamina and also gives you more money than you paid for it because of the stamina bonus. So money in this game is a weird thing too. Oh, and every day you get charged a hotel fee. So you lose a bunch of money every day anyway. (laughs) What is this game? It just sounds. So you lose money by the hotel that you won't even stay in. Right. Most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I you're there a lot, know. but you don't really, like, go there after the beginning parts. I mean, you go there to sleep and everything because you're cast to sleep, of course. Oh, and at midnight, if you're still out during midnight, the scissor-wielding the scissor enemies will come out in the real world and try to fight you. And it's much harder to fight them in the real world when the game uh, pre-patch was moving at two frames. How can you play How can you play this game without a guide? This sounds like the well, most... Well, I didn't. I didn't play it without oh a guide. Goodness. So, but how? Those people that like, oh, I don't need a guide, and they play it, and they're probably stuck. They're thinking, oh, I'm pretty, you know, I, I did like three hours, so I'm pretty good chunk of the game, when they're just like probably in the beginning part of the game. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm surprised I was able to finish it with a guide. And I didn't get 100%. There were some things, like there's a, there's a guy who pretends to be like an alien who gives you a book full of 100, um, the fleur de lis, or I'm probably really saying that wrong, but they're like flower things that you can find. Mm-hmm. And you have to use York's like detective vision to find the 100 places in the town where those are. And all you have is the pictures to go by. And then you have to like, like find them for the book. And I'm like, no, there's mm-hmm. no way I'm doing this for a, for a gun trinket that I can add as an attachment that does literally nothing <laughs> because none of them do much of anything. I mean, it might say it gives you a damage boost and it might, but it's not, it's not a big one. I just, I don't know. It sounds like you're not supposed to do this complicated stuff. Like, the example with the whole stamina with the food. But then, you're not supposed to play it so simple either. Because you're thinking like, oh, it's such a simple thing to do. But then it won't do it. You have to do the whole, get the frog plush. Put it in front of the lady's house. So where she basically won't come because she's just mesmerized by the whole plush in front of her house. Mm -hmm. But that's not simple. You don't really think of that. You're just like, oh, how do I get rid of her? Maybe I just do this do that it, it probably won't work until you might just be like hey i'll buy this random thing just put it in front of her house and see what happens yeah and then we come to the church the church in deadly premonition 2 is also the hospital they are the same building and the pastor of the church is also the doctor so there's a mission chain early on where you have to get uh, afflicted by like poison or like sleepiness or chills and like so like 
the park with the bees is right next to the church. So you have to get stung by a bee until you get poisoned. Okay? And then you're supposed to go talk to the doctor at the time of the day when he is the doctor and not the pastor to get checked for poison. Problem is, being poisoned isn't enough. You have to be both poisoned and near the end of your, um, like your health needs to be almost depleted. So I went in there and I'm like, okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting till my health goes down. And all of a sudden the poison just naturally goes away by itself. And I'm like, oh no, because I was looking at the clock and I'm like, I've got five in-game minutes to go get poisoned again and run this health down. So by the time I got back, he was already gone and I had to do it the next day. <laughs> Bruh, how, <laughs> how long is this game? I was, this it was game over 25 so hours. What the heck? So, you'd think that's the worst missions with with the the doctor, yeah. but no. In in Act Two, uh, he gives you another mission, and it's not just a mission; it's like three missions called the Lord Hungers. <laughs> where you just need to go around town finding out how to get different foods, and like one of them is like a grain of rice that you can find in one specific spot in the town, and then. <laughs> One of them is something you can only get by, I don't know, winning the bowling game or something. Oh, and the bowling mm-hmm. game is, like, fully developed. You can, like, turn which way you want to throw the ball. You can turn the angle of the ball. You can send how much spin you want to give on the ball. It's just really... And it's all ruined by the frame rate being so bad <laughs> that you, you can't like really control it. sounds like another game inside the game. Dude, there's stone skipping. Where each stone has its own properties, and you have to press A to skip the stones on the water, but because of the input lag, you can't ever get past, like, three skips without your stone falling in the water. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, and did I mention that there's crime scenes that he can investigate, too, where he'll just talk about random things in the crime scene? Um, like, I don't know if you've played a detective game before, like, say... Um, Phoenix Wright or no. L.A. Noir, they'll have like dialogues about the 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 situation. But York mm-hmm. makes it sound so like compelling. Like the things that come out of his mouth sometimes sound really like childish, but they're so compelling at the same time. So we kind of get through this game. We meet P.J. Clarkson, Daniel Clarkson, uh, Lena, all the kind of central characters of this small town family that everybody knows about the 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 center of this murder plot um and you need to go visit uh a gentleman who runs uh like swamp tours Mm -hmm. so he's behind a like a a shipping a shipment container and you need to skateboard over it but the most heartbreaking moment of the game happens at that point the skateboard breaks Oh, this, this probably is pretty big spoilers right there. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Just, That's not the heartbreaking part. What? What is it then? <laughs> the fact that it breaks all the way on the other side of the town from the skateboard shop. So you have to oh, go there on foot. <laughs> what is this But game? get this. this get this. Get this. I know. It's baffling. Get this. The skateboard shop leads to another thing that I was not expecting in this game. Skateboard races and obstacle courses. So, oh, um, oh, and when you get your new skateboard, it's got a meter now. So it literally has its own health bar, its own, like, 
stamina or not stamina it's on like durability so it can also break again but yes there's skateboard races in this game and obstacle courses where you can get medals and score points because of course there is and with each one you finish you learn a new trick like he can do a like a kickflip or like a 180 spin and do you know what these tricks do to help you out i i have no idea i it's anyone's guess at this point i have no idea what to guess literally nothing they're just there for show <laughs> they don't do anything they're just tricks and you can skate on the grass so you can do tricks on the grass too i guess one thing that the tricks were good for was filling out the like achievement list and there's like literally 400 like stamp achievements you can earn in this game but i don't know who would be like wild enough to to do all these because one of them is to spend 365 in-game days in lucare and i feel like you'd either run out of things to do before 365 days and you definitely run out of money unless you found a good way of making money in the game okay so let's talk about the bartender bartender is a gentleman who uh runs the bar as bartenders do and uh he's he only wears his underwear and a hat and at the end of every sentence, the camera just zooms into his face and he goes, yeah. And he, bro, call, he, is... calls, he calls York B.O.R.O. B.O.R.O. man. And he has a band that plays jazz at the bar on Friday nights. Okay. And the band is literally him and the doctor slash pastor and the fast travel lady and the skateboard shop lady. They're all in the band, the jazz band that plays at the bar. Bro, I feel like... I don't, it just feels like each story is a completely different game, but this is all just from the same game. It's all the game. same game. And the weirdest part about this game like is I, I don't even know if I could recommend it. You can watch the cutscenes on, on YouTube or something, but I don't know if I would recommend it. Like, I don't think people have the patience that I showed with this game because it was $50. And I wanted to embrace the like the the wild levels that this game reaches. Whoa. So... Our plot moves on. Uh, we get to a point where another baffling uh, idea comes up where you have to follow a dog around, okay? And the dog takes you to all the red trees in the town. And you can't get too far ahead of the dog because then you can't see where he's going. And he'll always go a different way than where you think he's going to go. And you're literally, I literally followed this dog around for like 45 minutes finding these red trees. Because the, the red trees is like a symbol of the 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 red seeds that turn into the central plot of the the murder mystery this whole villainous supernatural thing it's it's a little spoilery so and you know if you don't ever play this game it's it's worth it to at least watch um i think the cutscenes are on youtube it's like an 11 hour video or something there's a lot to this game it's kind of you know it doesn't let you it, it always introduces something new whether that's a new gameplay mechanic that you don't like or a new glitch that you don't like or a frame rate problem that you don't like it's constantly giving you something to not like and that i think <laughs> that i think makes it endearing and i really liked it i really liked exploring the town even though i had to use a guide 
and you know i didn't like having to go to the bar every night for a mission to order something because he wasn't there on sunday so you had to find his house and it's like come on <laughs> our our plot here is uh, it's an upsetting game um i won't spoil anything about the plot even though i'd like to because mm-hmm. man oh man does it get crazy at the end um but i won't i won't spoil any of the plot not a game I think I will ever play again, but a game I'm always happy to talk about, just for the sheer reason that it's. You you think it sounds baffling when I when I talk about it, but I also think the words that are coming out of my mouth in relation to this game are baffling. Like you're riding a yes. skateboard, you're shooting uh, rubber bullets at demons and uh, alligators. Um, you're. Oh, there's a there's a swamp to our mini game that's like a shooting gallery. So we've also got that. It's just like a lot of heart was put into this, and you know it's not perfect, far from it. But I thought it was a frighteningly endearing game, a fever dream of the highest caliber, and a curiosity which doesn't let you forget it. The fact that I haven't played it since it came out. And I can say this much about it, I think is a testament to how um, visceral it was. I, you've told, so I'm not going to like just sit here and be like, this is all like, I mean, from the start, you told me this game is weird. And when I try to picture it the first time, because you don't want to tell too much, it, it was a completely different game in my head. Now that you're like saying all this, I'm still even more confused of what kind of game this is. It's really just got a bunch of genres in it. I mean, the dialogue that York has with Zach, um, or the dialogue that York has with Patty, would lead you to believe that this is a parody of an open-world detective game. But it's Mm -hmm. not. It's more akin in plot to something like Resident Evil, where people are transformed into monstrosities or you know violent demons there's curses and trees that that turn in that turn people into like like demons in 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 an alternate universe because that's where he find that's where he goes into when he goes into the deadly premonitions and fights against the bosses it's like a, a shadow world almost where demons are real and he's got the gun arm and all that it sounds like if you took resident evil you took Shenmue, you took Tony Hawk like pro skater, and you just mash him into someone's brain, and it just spewed out this game. This is what it sounds like to me so far. I have never also, in my life heard a more compelling argument for what this game is. So I thought that I think that's what, spot on. You know what it reminds me of too? Take Takashi's challenge. Put it in there. That's this game. Oh, take Takeshi's take Challenge? Yes, Takeshi's from the Famicom, take Shenmue, take Pro Skater, take Resident Evil. And, and throw in put some it in moon. A blender. Yeah, throw in some moon, put it in a blender, and that's this game. That's where, now, because, like, this game sounds so familiar to me. I was like, huh, weird timing, weird things that can only happen. Like, you gotta do certain things here and there. It reminds me of Takeshi's Challenge. Man, and, and then, 
add in a smattering of like movie references and actor references literally every five seconds and then and then in the second half of the game he starts talking about bridges he's like you're skateboarding he's like hey zach we're talking about bridges so we may as well talk about this bridge this bridge was built in such and such it was used for such and such it was because of such and such it's like he talks about bridges for like 10 minutes straight like they patched this game to where you have to click a stick down to hear that dialogue now but I'm like, no, that was part of the charm. Part of the charm before the patches was hearing him say the same, like, five, ten-minute conversations all through the town and having the skateboard wheels be so loud that you couldn't hear the music or what he was saying. <laughs> I, this, I've said this. I don't think there's enough. Like, I've said this already, but it's, it's just really emphasized. Like, I just don't know what this game is. This game is a lot of things. I'll tell you something that this game well, is not. subtle is not one of them. It's a lot of things, but not, it's not <laughs> it, subtle. It's not subtle. It's, it's really fun, but man, the amount of patience you have to show. And I'm considering this to be a Halloween game because it's frightening. It, it goes mm-hmm. places. It's not, it's not for the faint of heart, but you would never know that from the first half, at least, aside from a few missions in the the other world basically mm-hmm. um so Aaliyah has her conversations with francis zach morgan at the beginning of every chapter and you're kind of wanting to know what his involvement is um so she's interviewing him mm-hmm. meanwhile all her assistant is talking about his pizza the whole time all he's talking about is pizza he's like oh i love this pizza i love that pizza while they're doing while she's they're doing an FBI interview. All he's talking about is pizza. Is oh. he not me? I feel like that's <laughs> something I would do. I feel like if you were interviewing somebody, you wouldn't be talking about pizza. But this guy, he's just... <laughs> I, who doesn't like pizza, man? Oh, I doesn't? feel like that's me, now. Now I feel like that's me. Are we in Deadly Premonition 2 right now? Is that is that what's happening? <laughs> Probably. But um, I have to say, by the end of it, I plot-wise, I kind of... <sighs> It kind of got confusing, but it ended mm-hmm. It ended in a sweet way, um, all things considered from it being a horrifying game, a weird, bizarre fever dream of a game. It did end in a sweet way. I was happy for the characters at the end, and now it's kind of caught up. I don't know if they'll ever do a Deadly Premonition 3. It still baffles me that this is a Switch exclusive. I'm not complaining, but it's baffling that something like this would be... Uh, exclusive to a nintendo console now would i recommend you play this game yes with some caveats you got to be patient you got to understand that you you got to understand that if you have a question yes it is part of the joke and yes you are falling for it because you need to you need to be caught off guard by all the weird things that happen in this game um, it's not particularly well received, but once you get past the technical issues, you'll see that there is, you know, a one and done. I've never played the first. I don't really want to, but it's, it's, it's something that you, that I was glad that I played at the end. It's, I mean, with the whole, it not being reviewed well, I mean, I say this, right here i some of my favorite games were either not reviewed so well or they're just kind of not really 
we know they're not really out there, not really like talked about as much, but I feel like if a game's not received well, it should not justify you not playing. Because imagine if people just looked at this and they're like, oh, it's not received well, it must be kind of boring. But then you get this like just weird game, but it's an experience that you'll never forget. Yeah. Something you'll never forget. It's like cause games come, Call of Duties and all that, like you play them, you play so many first person shooters at maybe Battlefield mm-hmm. or some of the games, like another first person shooter, just like, oh, I play so many Call of Duties at any other FPS, I just don't remember. But with this, it's just like you will never forget this game at all. Whatever whatever you think, you're like, oh, that's for, it's not forgettable. For the rest of the my life, I'll probably remember how you could just take a frog plush, put it in someone's house, and they get mesmerized, right? Or your skateboard has a health pool now, and now it needs to be repaired. Yeah, and it's like the reviews were probably addressing technical things and maybe the time system. Which is why I gave Moon as big of a chance as I did, because I'm like, I've seen this type of thing before. I've seen this whole mm-hmm. clock-based progression. Um, there's been patches for this game. The patches have improved performance. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't get that authentic, original, pre-patched Deadly Premonition 2, but it, it helps people that the frame rate is a little better now. Um, some offensiveness was not removed, but tinkered with. But yeah, man, it's it's a game that's an experience that I'm glad I had, despite it not being, despite it being kind of a weird. I've never played anything like it. So like when you when something like that happens and you get a fresh new experience, I, you and me have played hundreds of games, and mm-hmm. to have something unique come out in 2020 like this, something fully unique, I thought was really special, and probably won't be replicated uh at least in this capacity ever again no this sounds like lightning in a bottle once it's so it sounds like a one and done deal where once it's made i don't think you can replicate this at all yeah i don't think the charm it's just like it's the charm and the way it is there's i don't think even if you try no matter how much you can recreate whatever it is there's no way you can yeah i mean they have the first deadly premonition but you have a car in that one. What other open world mm-hmm. game lets you go around on a skateboard that you can do tricks on and the tricks literally do nothing? Also, what other game lets you skate in the grass? Hmm? Hmm? That's true. I'm, this sounds like... Oh, this game... It just sounds like a bunch of games mixed into one. That's a good way That's of putting it. I put never it. thought of it that way. I always thought it's, it was just like a straight-up moon or Shenmue type. Well, you brought up Shenmue. That's what... But. It sounds like a fever dream because all the fever dream is, is just random things that you would not expect. Like it's random things in your life that just mash into one thing. That's what this game sounds like. Oh, it's it's York Morgan's Pro Skater. That's the new title of the game. <laughs> so I, I won't get into any spoilerly uh, plot details. Um, play the game for yourself. I've given I've given you the things that you need to to be aware of, and now listener, if you've made it this far, check this game out. Maybe not for fifty, but mm. you know, <laughs> I bought it for fifty because I was I I have I get FOMO, so when I see a mm. lot of people I watch on YouTube or listen to talking about Deadly Premonition Two, I want to play Deadly Premonition Two, and I'm glad I did. I just I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm more confused, but I'm getting it too. It's like I'm in this between state where it's still confusing, but I'm starting to understand it. You know, I don't even know if I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and I beat the game. Oh, 
it's like maybe if I play it, I'll still be confused. Like, you know what? Now I'm not, uh, that whole understanding part just went away. Now I'm still more it, confused. Than it's ever. a good art piece, basically. Let's say it's a good yeah. art piece. So we'll we'll wrap up the conversation on Deadly Premonition two here, and we'll give you a little preview of what's to come in the next couple of weeks. We are doing uh, two more Halloween episodes that fall on the next two Fridays after this. We'll be talking about some mansion-based games next week. And we'll be talking about the, I'd say, the most famous survival horror series uh, for our Halloween episode. I, I could see that, yeah. And we're not going to stop the special episodes there because our first two weeks of November, as the eighth generation of consoles closes down, we've got some very exciting episodes. And we'll also talk about whatever news pops up before then because it, it seems like the news cycle is going to pick back up again here. Um, does it seem like that to you? It does. I mean, I, I feel like saying, we're getting somewhere here. We're getting somewhere, but I'm just saying be prepared for the dry news game season coming. It's almost there. Yeah. The dry season's almost here. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of news the next couple weeks, and then after the consoles come out, it's going to be like, well, let's talk about some games for a while. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about, well, we'll probably talk about at least our experiences on the next Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, don't worry, we'll be talking about Fall Guys Season 2 a bit next week because we've played quite a bit of that. Mm-hmm. I think that about does it for this week. As always, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you'll follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map. I'm still going to try and get us on other podcast directories and YouTube, but for right now you can listen to us on our Podbean site or on Apple Podcasts. And hey... It's like we always say, at the end of the day, the ri- ri-